Welcome to the Worship Central podcast. We are passionate to see the worship and creativity of churches throughout the world set on fire. Join us as we explore what this might look like. Well, welcome to this month's edition of the Worship Central podcast. This is a special Pentecost edition for the month of May. And we're here with Tim, Nick Drake, Nick Herbert, and Luke and myself. So it's going to be a great episode. Mm. So kicking us off, we have a thought from the one and only Timothy Hughes. Oh, come um, on. He shared these thoughts. Uh, for it. Down. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's trying to be down with the kids. He's here for it. Um, uh, he shared this thought with the staff a couple of weeks ago and it was really mm. amazing. So over to you, Tim. Should we give him a round of applause? Come on, yeah! In your cars, in the shower, wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, actually, don't listen to podcasts in the shower. Um, but hey, um, May is, uh, in May we have Pentecost. The moment we remember as the church, God's spirit being poured out, Acts 2. And we've just been thinking a lot um, as a church, we've, begun the process of re-emerging out of lockdown. We're now meeting in person on Sundays, albeit COVID secure, socially distanced, masks, cleaning your hands, all of that stuff. And I mean, in many ways, it's been brilliant to gather together, but it's also, it feels a little strange, a little awkward. You're so spread out. No one quite knows if you're meant to sing, technically you're not. Um, And so I I feel like as we're gathering back, we're almost starting in this slightly awkward setting. Um, but within that, I've just felt this really strong desire that we would be a people. And even in the midst of all the things that feel like they kind of set us back, we'd be desperately hungering after a move of God's spirit. And uh, just found myself, you know, looking through some of these moments in the early church where God's spirit is poured out. Firstly, you know, Acts 2. They're waiting, they're told to wait for power to come from on high. And it says in Acts 2, verse 2, suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And it goes on and uh, it says that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So there they were, they weren't expecting it, they didn't know what was going to happen. It was in many ways, everything was stacked against them. They thought the Roman authorities were going to come and kill them. Uh, They didn't know what was going on. And suddenly God's Spirit is poured in. All of them were filled with the Spirit. Um, If I were preaching with everyone in the room, I'd say, get everyone to shout, all of them. So, but I, you know, I won't get you guys to say all, all of them. Yes, all in your cars, <laughs> walking down the street, shout it out. All of them. And then we move into Acts four in this moment where, um, uh, who is it? Peter and John have been pulled before the Sanhedrin, the law. They're being told off, punished for declaring the good news, the gospel story of Jesus Christ. And they gather back with the apostles and they begin to pray and they pray now consider their threats, Lord, and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. I love that in the midst of trials, they didn't pray for protection. They prayed for boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly again as the spirit is poured out in the midst of real challenge and setback the spirit poured out on everyone and it changed everything it gave them this incredible boldness and then there's this moment you know later in acts 
10, where Peter is called to uh, go and spend this time with uh, Cornelius, who is a Gentile, and it was against everything that he knew being a Jew in terms of religious custom. But he went in and he shared what Jesus had done, what happened at Pentecost. And it says this, Acts 10, 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. And I just all think of them. all of them. Yes. Here for it. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Not quite on message, but anyway. Um, but there's something powerful when God's spirit is poured out and he's poured out on everyone, all people. And I remember vividly when I was 11 years old, going to this conference called New Wine. And it was the first time New Wine had ever taken place. It's a Bible conference now. 30,000 people gather each summer. And uh, 1989, and walking in and just being overwhelmed by the sense of God's presence. I didn't understand that that was what it was, but this guy was leading worship. Someone gave a talk, and then they prayed for the Spirit to come. And it was pandemonia. People screaming, people falling over, people shaking, people laughing. And I remember being absolutely freaked out, but also utterly intrigued. And um, the next day we went into the youth group meeting and that was led by a guy called Mike Pilavachi, who went on to head up Soul Survivor. And he began to speak about the person of the Holy Spirit and he began to pray for us. And I remember going forward, opening up my hands, praying for the Spirit to come and just being completely bowled over. You know, during those weeks, uh, began to speak in tongues. Um, i bawled my eyes out. I was filled so many different ways with the spirit of God. And it completely marked me, completely changed me. And I, I, you know, I look back in age 11 from that moment, it was like nothing else is ever going to be as good as this. You know, it, it completely shaped my thinking, you know, the idea of, um, I, I guess I was, I was ruined for anything else other than knowing God and seeing his spirit work in me and through me and through churches and communities. And so, that really began this hunger in me for more. And over, I guess, um, early 90s, mid 90s, this thing called the Toronto Blessing, where and a bunch of us would be in meetings where we just would see the Spirit of God so profoundly poured out, manifest presence, so aware. And I'm aware now, sort of leading Gastry and all that we're seeing with Worship Center, there's a whole bunch of people who perhaps haven't experienced that, haven't been part of gathered meetings where the Spirit of God is poured out on all people. You know, you might be in meetings where one or two are filled up or a few people talk about the Spirit at work in them, and that's amazing. But I just long to see God's Spirit being poured out on all people. And looking back, what I think we saw was God renewing his church, and he renewed his church, and that was incredibly powerful in terms of things like Alpha exploding, and now, you know, all these church plants happening all over the UK and beyond. Some of the things that we're now a part of back then, mid nineties, you, you can even begin to dream this stuff up. You know, God has been so amazing in the way he's used this to propel so much, but in my spirit, in my gut, and this is what I'm living for and longing for is what we saw in terms of a renewal of the church. I think what we long to see now is the revival, uh, a God's coming, a great awakening that where his spirit is poured out, not just on the church, but on all people, you know, imagining, you know, pubs and clubs, sports stadiums, people walking past churches and just being drawn in or falling to their knees as we've seen in previous great awakenings. And uh, I just think 
in a time where there's so much that makes it difficult for gathered worship to pray for one another, where we're having to be so conscious of health and safety, which is all important, just that we don't lose this desperate hunger and cry, God, would you revive us? Would your spirit be poured out? Would we be in meetings where we're so overwhelmed by your presence, no one knows what to do? You know, that our run sheets go out, that people are deeply offended. When the spirit is poured out, people will always be deeply offended. And if everyone thinks it's amazing, is everything <laughs> quite what it could be? So that's something I'm just praying for. We, we, as a staff team, we've been praying that we'd see this a great outpouring of the spirit in a way that transforms not the church, but cities and nations Um and that's what I'm living for. But I, I know others, you know, maybe remember some of those meetings and how it's shaped you and your longings. I'd be fascinated to hear. So good. So good. Um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll dive in. I guess um, this is something I'm um, really passionate about as well. And I guess, again, same similar stories and background for me. And this is Nick Drake speaking, in case anyone's listening <laughs> or wondering who. I'll introduce myself, seeing as no one else uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, same period. I remember um, encountering the Holy Spirit. I guess, I guess that moment in worship and worship, so corporate worship, gathering together to worship, seems to be, doesn't it, one of those places where the Holy Spirit seems to move just head knowledge to heart knowledge, like shifts things uh, in, in our lives and, and and kind of makes tangible and real what would just be theory. And, and I remember that happening for me, you know, it's where I'd say I got saved as a teenager in, in corporate worship, the spirit moving there. And I remember then just volunteering to be at a festival. Uh, it was Stone Lee Festival, not far from Birmingham. And um, I remember volunteering to be a steward as like a 17 year old or something. That Literally. I would love to see. Nick Drake in Hive's jacket. That, that's pretty close to revival, right? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be the perfect streamer. <laughs> Guys, I, I was anticipating interruption, but not at that moment. Um, You'd make such a good steward. You really. I was expecting your contributions, but not for that reason. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I remember um, standing on the door of this huge tent with a high vis jacket on, uh, with the best smile on my face, welcoming people in. And, um, and just the, the, it was, I remember it was Lou Fellingham and David Fellingham and these guys uh, leading worship um, from New Frontiers International. And uh, just the sense of the Holy Spirit in the room was just like it blew my mind. Like what, what I would have put it into words at the time was just the sense of God in the room. Like I didn't know any fancy theology or way of distinguishing who, what, where, when, why, how, you know, you know, but God was there. And there was absolutely no question that God was there. And, and I think, um, you know, there was no question this was just human activity. You know, that this is just a band playing well, or this is just a group of people singing well, or whatever. It's like, no, no, God is here. And I, remember, and I think looking back, you know, you know, is it, um, I can't remember which Psalm, you know, David says, you know, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the courts of the Lord, you know, and one day is better than a thousand elsewhere. And I guess, I, you know, being a steward on that door, I guess, is a, a little tiny glimpse of, of, of something ancient. It's not like something knew this. It's like God has always longed and loved to be especially present to his people. And David is expressing that thousands and thousands of years ago. And there I was 
on the door in a high-vis jacket, you know, wide-eyed, like, what is this? You know, what is this if God is here? And I guess, I guess, and I'll pass on to others, but I guess what it's that when you tap back into those moments or experiences of God in that way, it does, it does like provoke a longing for more. And it means you never settle. Um, it drives me personally in, in my worship leading and in any leading I do the expectation there's more of God for people in the room and that there's more of God for me. And it's, it's that provoking and challenging, isn't it? Personally, as well as, and, and I guess I'll just, I'll just land with this and then see, see what others want to say. But like um, the other bit of acts I've been reflecting on is acts 19 where um, um, cause we did this series on revelation and we were looking at return to your first love, which I think the move of the spirit and revival links to repentance doesn't it and returning to your first love and um the church this too is the church in ephesus and in acts 19 that's this scene in ephesus where paul turns up and interestingly he finds that they don't they they don't have an infilling of the spirit going on there like so so they seem to be they're christians they're disciples uh, that apollos has made disciples but they've only been baptized into john's baptism and, and and so this whole thing of like, there's a gap, you know, there's a gap here and, and how easy it is to, to, for us and the challenge to us to just carry on running church and leading worship and, you know, preaching and running as if, as if everything's fine. And sometimes, you know, you can, you, you can have that slap around the face of no, hang on. Where's the, like, is there a gap here? You know, is there more, yeah, I, I think following on as well, the, the thing for me um, is that when the Holy Spirit is moving in powerful ways, uh, and of course, we've got to acknowledge that if the Spirit is living in us, then you know, we're carrying the presence of the Holy Spirit wherever we go. I think what we're talking about is a manifest sense of the outpouring of His presence. That there's, something, there's something about the power of His presence being... Um, tangible and manifest and I think for me um those moments it always causes me to wonder more like to wonder after God to kind of there, there's there's a mysteriousness around the way the Holy Spirit works and moves and I think um there's, there's that and then there's also kind of like the mystery also even between that and the fact that the Spirit of God is so often in Scripture talked about um, or linked with wisdom and so like how the Holy Spirit is then when he's moving he's like he's doing something in us that is like conjuring up both wisdom but also uh, sorry both wonder but also wisdom as in like I want to seek more after God like I want to know God more I want more wisdom I want to I want to like learn more I want to you know the Holy Spirit often leads us closer to Jesus reveals more of who he is and his character and nature and so for me, like, I think that's the incredible dynamic of what goes on in the room, you know, and, and I think that's often why then people start getting prophetic words, senses, pictures, because there's, there's greater wisdom that's being revealed about the heart and nature and character of God. So, um, mm. yeah, I, I love all that. So a couple of questions. Um, what, if you were listening to this and you're thinking, I'm not sure if I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, you believe in, in the power of the Holy Spirit and pray for that, but you're listening and you're going, I'm not sure I've ever experienced that. What would you say 
to someone who's thinking that? I think you just got to ask, you know, ask and you receive, just come really, really straightforward to God, be honest, you know, I think it's really key. And I think often it works like this is, is that there are no rules with this stuff. You know, for some people they ask and they instantly receive. And then for others, they ask and it takes a while and you kind of, it, and, and everything in between is possible. So one thing I do believe is, is that when you invite God in and when you make, make that your prayer whether you feel something instantly and if you're at home listening to this and this is your cry or whether you don't I do believe something starts at that moment and a deep hunger rises up and it might take time sometimes it might might be instant but might take a different route but I think you know just be encouraged that you may have been asking and just know that God is working out a great strategy for the moment when he's when you're going to experience the presence of the spirit as well like actually experience um i just flip back to those days like we were just talking if that's okay i was, I was gonna say my my sort of when i was just thinking about them reflecting on it i thought a couple of things one because i'd just become a christian at the time and i didn't have any reference for church and i came in and all this stuff was going on that tim and nick were talking about and honestly my memory was somewhere between this is unbelievable kind of wow you know off the charts this is unreal like this is heaven on earth all the way through to being quite scared you know of what was going on quite actually and that level and it makes me think when was the last time I went into church and I felt a little bit scared by the presence and power of God being there and the other thing I, I was going to say as well as particularly around songs is there were some amazing songs around that time, but when that movement really got flying, I don't think it was really remembered for its songs. And I think what it was remembered for the manifest presence of God. And I don't think that had anything to do, you know, that's as a songwriter, like the songs were there, they served the moment, they served the purpose, but there was always a deeper resonance that came in that moment that was far greater than a beautifully written song. Um, I think a massive songwriting movement was one of the fruits, actually, of that. Yeah, moment. that's what I was going to say because I think that's that's a really interesting observation because it was a few years after that, Delirious, Matt, others, so survivor really began, and then and the songs began to really fly all over the world. But actually, amazing songs had been written throughout that time. You know, people were responding in song, but they weren't. And that's the interesting thing is God's timing is you just go with it. But actually, what and again, what happened in that time, the the sense of um, intimacy, God's presence, closeness to God in worship was unlike anything, you know. And, and I was fascinated uh, a little while ago, had this conversation with Brian Dirksen, who's instrumental leader at worship at that time. But he said he feels we've replaced intimacy with intensity. You know, we can all ramp it up. Um, and I, don't, I, I love a bit of intensity in worship. You know, I'm, I'm there, you know, pounding my fist with the best of them. But, um, but there is something that was so simple and deep and profound and just like we could worship like this for hours. And often we did. You know, I'm thinking about it now. You know, age 13, all these young teenagers at New Iron Souls of Iowa worshipping for like an hour and a half. You know, would you be able to hold 
young people's attention that much now. You know, so I, I, th I think there was something so deep happening that um, it really birthed so much. I've got a question about the practicalities of, because, you know, when, when we think of those kind of times, we think, you know, I mean, it's hard to remember, actually, in terms of being in church and, you know, people being able to sit close to each other, stand close to each other, you know, sharing microphones without needing to wipe them down every time. You know, it's just hard. Like, gosh, yeah, like, um, how do you think, you know, because we're, we're, we're such um, beings of habit as well, like, how do we go about thinking that the Holy Spirit can move just as powerfully with people two metres apart, masks on, not singing in church? Like, you know, how, how, how do you think that works? Like, do we have to be bolder, you know, um, as we're kind of reading that, that Acts 2 um, and, and go after it, him in a different way? I mean, how, how do you think it works practically? It's a really good question. I mean, because my initial response would always be, well, faith, expectancy, um, and I believe in all of that. But Acts 2... Well, I mean, maybe they were expecting something profound to happen. They'd been told by Jesus, I guess, to go and wait. Mm. So they knew something was going to happen, but they had no idea how or what would happen. Um, so, I, you know, there's something very unexpected. So, um, but maybe the key is something around waiting, <laughs> creating space for it. What do you say, Dre? Well, I mean, theologically and theoretically, there is no limitation on the spirit at all to do anything anywhere with anyone, um, all of them, everyone and everyone. So um, no, nothing that COVID has brought or nothing, anything could happen in the world can bring separates us from the love of God. And, and the spirit is tied into the love of God. The spirit is tied in, you know, pours out the love of God into our hearts. So I think, I think that's like got to be foundational, isn't it? That's the foundational truth. I think there is no formula, but there's certain criteria certain things that help <laughs> like the presence of the word of God, um, which, which is key because it releases faith. That's for the crucial insight the reformers had on when they thought about this stuff, you know, the presence of the word of God, the narrative, of what God's done, telling it, proclaiming it, reading it out, preaching on it, framing the service with it, having deep lyrics in the songs, they all help release faith in a congregation, in ourselves as we gather um, and I think that faith then links to what we might call to call like an atmosphere of expectation or whatever you're talking about you know and and I think um and I think as Tim as you just said Tim I think I think all of that was going on in Acts 2 like they they were standing on a foundation of um what had gone before both Old Testament their understanding of it and, and the promises of the spirit to all people, the promises of writing the law now in moving on our hearts rather than on tablets. And they were standing on the experience of Jesus himself and what they've just, some of them had just lived through. So I think, I think that that formula is at work there where they are standing on something ready for something more of, of, of the same God being revealed and poured out. And I think that happens in a mini way. Every time we worship, like every time we worship together, it, we're retelling the story in some way. Mm. And I think it's about finding the, the, the key places where that story lands. Um, do you know what I mean? As, as we worship Herb or Tim. Which is very, very brief. 
I think it's interesting. I, I think in the examples I gave, there's a sense of the controls out of their hands. I think that's really important. When we want to carefully curate excellent gatherings, which we think by human standards are excellent, and we control it and we hold it, um, I, I think that's going to be difficult. For, you know, so there's something, you know, where it's like, God, it's over to you and if this feels like foolishness to others, or I was just talking to a friend um, said the spirit came quite powerfully on Sunday at their church and someone picked up a jacket and stormed off offended. And immediately they're like, Oh no, gosh, we're going to lose people. And then it's like, hang on a sec. <laughs> I'd rather go with what God's doing than try and control it and limit it. Sorry, Nick, you go. No, I was going to say, I, I think it's such a good question you asked Luke. And um, as I've been thinking about it, my my feeling is to name the reality there's a fundamental glitch right now between what we're trying to do and what's happening it's not that the spirit can't be poured out but there's something also around style and genre and the whole background of what we're trying to do has come from a place where worship's really informal and the idea is that actually there's an informality about what we do there's a relaxedness there's a looseness around what we do that's Certainly, like if we're standing on the shoulder of the giants of the vineyard movement into where we are now, that's kind of the context a bit. And that context has been fundamentally sort of stymied by this. And I think in a way that's that means that, it, you know, the, almost, almost it, it's better now. There's almost more of a mystical element to draw out of the way we are in in, in a funny way, like the fact that we're so spaced apart and, there's this separation, there's this sense of the inward, you know, I can't be as expressive in some ways and having to go in and think in a different way. And I don't know, I think it's a different side. I, I Have we tapped into that? I don't know whether we should or not. I don't know, you know, but it, it, uh, there's just a few thoughts. I think one, one other thing I've noticed certainly with may, maybe the younger generation who just had less, less teaching on it, um, but I think when when we when we think of the Holy Spirit as a force or an experience or um, you know a, a something a commodity, I think that's when we're in danger of only uh, kind of receiving or engaging with the Holy Spirit based on what we feel the atmosphere is like or or whether we sense something tangibly whereas i think if you're getting to know the holy spirit as the person of one of the person you know um person head person in the godhead sorry uh, that he is i think you're talking about continuing to cultivate a relationship with the holy spirit with someone rather than like am i going to walk into church and feel like the vibes good enough to make me feel like I'm having a, an encounter. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's something that we've got to continue to teach into that. Actually, if you're getting to know the Holy Spirit in your room when you wake up in the morning and as you go to bed at night and as you're working at your, in your office and all that, rather than like, oh, you know, I'm not feeling the vibes. No one's laying a hand on me. No one's praying over me or, you know, all that stuff. I think, I think in this time, with COVID, we've got an opportunity to to dig deep, it and and kind of really do do the like 
do the hard yards with the Holy Spirit, like personally, mm. do you know what I mean? And, and do that away from like the gathered space so that when we come in, it's like we're bringing this corporate, we're all bringing uh, this deep connectedness to the Holy Spirit mm. rather than relying on the experience or the vibe in the room, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's two, uh, just two great books. One is uh, Sensitivity to the Spirit, R.T. Kendall, which I think is really helpful around, I guess, keeping in step with the Spirit. Um, and then there's another book by Simon Ponsby called More, which I absolutely love, both of those. But I think it's, it's really helpful. I find, again, reading books on who the Holy Spirit is, what he's come to do, the invitation we have for more. Um, and I think it inspires faith that we then have more expectation that he can fill us. And actually his word says, when we ask, we will receive. And that's going to be an amazing thing for us. Um, why does, yeah. Why don't we pray for everyone listening to this amazing. and every church represented every community, just even in the middle of this podcast. I know we don't, don't normally do this, but let's do uh, Yeah. Let's, let's just go for that. Um, Holy Spirit, we pray everyone listening to this podcast right now, whether they're listening in their cars, bedrooms, um, or on a run, whatever it might be, we, we ask, Holy Spirit, pour out the power of your presence. Every local church, every community, every city, every nation that's represented um, from listeners on this. And um, we pray this, this month of May. Um, it wouldn't just be kind of confined to just kind of one Pentecost Sunday on was it 23rd of May? But um, this whole month, we just pray there'll be an outpouring of your spirit um, in, in churches up and down the UK and, and worldwide. We, we, we hunger, we thirst, we desire um, for your spirit, God, mm. to be poured out on all people. Yeah. And um, for that uh, relationship with you to be cultivated, we, we thank you that um, your, your spirit of wonder, of mystery, uh, spirit of wisdom, spirit of love, you, you, you lead us closer to Jesus um, and you reveal more of the character and nature of mm. God. And we just, so why wouldn't we want more? We, mm. we, we're bold enough to ask for more of your spirit, God. So come, we pray. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Isaiah 43, 19. Um, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And, mm. and I just want to pray that God, you know, as we've been listening and we know what it means to, to have a manifest outpouring of your Holy Spirit and we long for it because it changes everything. And Lord, I pray that um, whilst we're waiting to see that again, you would fill us every day with mm. your Spirit. God, and I thank you that um, we have these tools uh, that, that we can lead in the power of your spirit. But God, would we perceive it when, we, when you do a new thing, when you pour it out? Would you open our eyes to see um, what the Holy Spirit is doing? We know we are living in a time where you're doing a new thing, that you're making a way in the wilderness. Mm. Goodness me, has it been a wilderness? Yeah. Um, and you're making a way. So would we perceive it, Holy Spirit, mm. open our eyes? Mm. Amen. 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 Well, hey, that's awesome. Next, um, we lead into our song feature for this month. And um, this month is a song from the Gastric Music uh, EP, Rewilding. 
Um, I don't know whether people have managed to check that out yet, but I encourage you to go go have a listen. Um, it's a song called Love Won't Stop, and uh, absolutely love this song. Um, I have to fight myself um, from leading it every week. Um, it's up-tempo. I mean, wow, the guys have managed to write an up-tempo song that feels actually quite good. Um, and so, uh, well done, um, Nick. Herbert, Tim, I think you, you guys wrote this with um, Jimmy James and Brenton Brown. Um, just give us a little... Just, just, just to clarify, Jimmy James and Brenton Brown did the heavy lifting on it, though, yeah. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. Um, naturally. Yeah, naturally. Um, guys, give us a little, like, how did it come to be um, what it is now? Uh, tell us a bit about the journey. So Nick and I were in California. We had a day songwriting with Brenton. And... Uh, we'd had this idea around the theme of thanking God in advance for the blessings that are going to come our way. You know, even if we don't necessarily see what God's doing, we know in faith that God is continually pouring out blessings over us. And in fact, if you just begin to look around at all the small blessings in our lives, the breath in our lungs, place to sleep, friends, family, food, there's so much to be thankful for. And so we sat down and we began to play around with these ideas. And uh, the song, I guess, morphed into this theme, really, of love won't stop, just the overwhelming sense of God's love at all times to carry us through the challenges. And um, at the time, Brenton had just been through this horrendous thing where his house had burnt down. He was living in Malibu. So he, he I guess, was slightly reeling from the enormity of that. And... Uh, so that line, faithful in the fire, faithful in the flood, you know, for us, it's poetry. For Brenton, that was an actual pretty full-on traumatic thing to sing and say. And I think it just carries real power when you know that. Again, the cost of worship and the choice of worship, not just when we feel great, but at all times. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I guess I, we love being a part of it, love using it. And, and it just feels really brilliant to be able to sing thank you for the blessings over my life. Um, and so, yeah, this is it. Love won't stop. You won't keep time and again. 
Well, next up we have our guest interview and this month Nick Herbert managed to get some time in with Nicky Brown who is a brilliant uh, music producer, musician, songwriter, worship leader. Um, he's based at Saint Church in Hackney, London now and uh, just a fantastic guy, um, incredible voice um, and, uh, and Nick caught up with him, got some thoughts. Here we are. Hey, so I am so amped that I'm with the one and only Nikki Brown. Nikki, you're hey. amazing. You are amazing. It's the two um, Nicks. Two Nicks, Nick and Nikki. Come on, let's do it. Let's bring it. Um, and and um, Nikki, you're amazing. Like I, I got to know. Just for those who don't know, I mean, Nikki, producer, songwriter, composer, everything you can imagine artist in his own right. Um, Nick is so inspiring. Like he's a, well, I'm going to say St. John's Hackney, but it just renamed and called itself the amazingly creative name, which is. Saint. Saint. Who, who needs like four words when you can have one? I mean, Saint. You can have one. Um, like, you know, you, you know, um, you know, our pastor's a real vision, visionary. Oh, he's not, is he? Al Gordon. You call him a visionary? Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I was going uh, to say vision, which is like what we normally say in like West Indian church or whatever. But oh, he's, he's, he's incredible. He's like uh, such an amazing, um, like he sees so far ahead. He's amazing. And, he's amazing. Um, and we really like, it's just great being... Uh, it's just great being there. I, uh, it's like, uh, I mean, I can't say, like, I can't say I even knew him before. Uh, I didn't even know. It, it, it was just like, a, I literally was passing the church, and it's truly, I was sitting on a bus, and I heard a voice say to me, you need to go in that church. And I was You're like, you kidding me. Honestly. Me going that God's honest truth, man. And honestly, wow, I, that is amazing. I, yeah, and I walked in, and um, Jacob was leading worship, and it was familiar to me. It felt like something I knew. And then Mark started preaching, you know, like Paul's brother. And I was like, dude, I know this sound. This is my sound. Oh, and that was it. So and that was the beginning of it. I was there, and that was it. That was it. Um, Nikki, that's amazing. What a story. And and I guess, um, I, do you know what I just want to say as well? Because I know there's going to be worship leaders watching this. And I think it's so important, isn't it, in this day where there's so many opportunities and things going on. Yeah. I just think I love hearing that, actually. We haven't planned to speak about that, but just about hearing the calling of the Lord, I think so key, like, and for you songwriters out there as well, just always pressing. I know it's sometimes really confusing and you sometimes just got to do stuff and just allow stuff to happen. Mm. Uh, I love the whole thing about calling. And, and Nikki, so you, we were chatting a bit earlier, like you were, were you worship pastor at Ruak or you were working? Yeah, yeah. Before? So I was like, I was the uh, minister of music there. That was the technical term. Minister and, of music. Um, For how many yeah. years, Nikki, did you do that? So I kind of was there for about 12, between 12 and 15 years. Wow. Wow. Kind of like contracted in one way or another. And, um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. It was like, it was unbelievable. I traveled the world with the pastor, you know, we went on trips, you know, 
we were making music, was in the studio, but I just kind of felt towards the end, we were losing the bite point. And I kind of felt that, I, and I often feel like for me, innovation is everything. And I think sometimes reinvention is like number one. And sometimes you've got to stop and you've got to rethink. And I kind of really feel like God forced me into a, a place of rethinking. And that was powerful for me. It was difficult at the time, yeah. but it was really powerful. And I can only thank everyone there for, for what they done. Cause they, they don't know that they just done me. Oh, the greatest service by by doing whatever they done. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was the thing that just got me to this point. And um, being at this point is, is just such an incredible place for me. Um, musically, professionally, and also, you know, in my, my ministerial and serving life at, at St. Um, Nikki, because... This is so exciting. No, sorry, keep going, keep going. I've just got so many questions I want to ask you. Well, I don't know if anybody's been watching, but I mean, like my worship pastor, Kaz, Kaz Tolbert and Nate, who's a creative director. These guys are like, like 22 and 23, right? I do. I'm an old, I'm an old, like I'm a bit of an old, you know, an old dog, you know? And these guys are just, they're moving at a rate of knots and I'm just... I'm 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 in the vehicle. I'm just I'm just traveling. You know. So, so Nikki, I don't, what, are you, what, what are you seeing? Like, you, sorry, you're making me think. Okay, so you've been at the helm, and I'm just yeah. thinking it's so important for worship leaders because you've. I want to ask you like about sort of outside the church in a bit, but just hearing you talk about that, like you've been at the helm of a church minister, like right in the thick of it. And now you've gone on this journey. You've had to kind of, the words we've been using a lot is, you know, like rewilding, reshaping, like rethinking innovation. Like sometimes things have got to die in order for things to live. Hundred Everything, everything you were saying. And then, and now you're in a situation where you're serving on team. What would you say? Like, is there anything you've really, your eyes have been open wide to just having been on that transition and being part of something like so deeply at the centre, and you're at the centre now, but you're in a different way at the centre. Would yes. you do things differently? Like, what would you say to people who are doing this week in, week out? You know, any any advice, thoughts? Yeah, well, inspiration? well, definitely, Nick. One of the problems that you do have sometimes when you're a central person or you're a person who's in charge of making sure that things happen is sometimes you can get so big. It's a bit of a Miriam Martha situation. You can be so busy in serving that you forget to be at the feet of the one that you're serving. And so, um, you know, you can get so caught up in the, in the act of serving that you forget to be nourished yourself. You forget that you need a word. You forget that you need to, 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 to be nourished, that you also need to be present. So we're doing all of the things that we need to do to make the thing happen while the worship life of the church is kind of passing us by because we're doing all of the, the mundane stuff and we're doing all of the, um, the administration and all of that stuff. Whereas sometimes, you know, God wants to kind of like speak to us and help us to, to, um, to develop the creativity, not only of the people around us, but us too. 
you know, in our hearts and in our spirit. And sometimes you can get so caught up with, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's that 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 wonder and that awe and that kind of like not knowing what's going to happen next and, you know, just the excitement of everything is slightly lost on you. And that's what's happening with me here at Saint. I mean, I'm like, I'm so present at everything in every way. It's just just so amazing. And, you know, um, I communicate with, you know, Kaz is my pastor. It's amazing. Love this. You know, and and, and I call her pastor too. I'm like, Pastor Kaz, you you answer yourself. I'm like, Pastor, what are we doing? And I just want to be a part of something that's great. And I give as much as I can, but I am so present in the moment. I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to be in charge. I'm not trying to put my ideas on anyone. I'm just trying to be part of something and just trying to make something great. And I kind of feel like in the short time that we've been where we are, we have literally like moved in light years from a church that had a huge hole in the roof and the whole place was falling apart to this amazing sanctuary we have now and the way that worship ministries kind of like moved ahead and the videos were making and the recordings were making. We started writing songs and, oh man, it's great. I can't it wait. Sounds, it, Nikki, it's, it's so exciting and it sounds like, um, like I just love what you're saying about almost... I feel like you've had to kind of let go of a lot of stuff and and just yeah. and and allow the tank to be sort of refilled. Most like, definitely, right, I'm like I'm here now, and I just want to really encourage anyone as well. Like if you're watching this and you've been serving your socks off in this season, and just like really like digging in, and I just really want to encourage you. You know, just just make sure you, you're kind to yourself, and you make sure that actually you you, you listen to that you know, stuff that's going on here in the heart. Um, I've lost Nikki for a minute, but hopefully we'll come back. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Sorry. Somebody's just trying to... Just no, no. Uh, mate, you're in high demand. I feel I feel so privileged. I'm joking, mate. It's so good. But I love the whole... I love the whole, like, just look after it, listen to your heart, you know, and if you're leading week in and week out, you know, just... If you get... If there's anything we can encourage with you after this, like, just make sure you can dig in that time, find that space where you can just recharge, refuel. Um, we really want to encourage you. And, and I'd just like to ask Nick, just one more question, Nikki, is, mm. is um, you know, these interviews are too short, but we could, we could definitely do a whole other session. But I, I know you have this whole other side to you, which is your main focus. So you're serving in the church as a volunteer, you're blessing, you're being there. But like outside the walls of the church. So what you've been doing some stuff today, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. And then just, and I guess, I guess, cause you're songwriting, you know, how, how you stay inspired as a songwriter, like what's really inspiring you as well. And, and how do you, cause when I, I was writing with you a few weeks back, mm. what I loved was, was this kind of like, you know, this is like, hey, it goes where it goes. Here we go. Like, there's stuff happening all the time. And there's just this sense in which we can go in a different direction with the song and creativity. What stays you, what keeps you in that space of creativity? Do you ever get, like, a sense of, oh, I don't know what to do now? Or well, what's inspiring you at the moment? Like, how do you stay in the zone? 
Well, when, when I was really, really young, I, I, I was surrounded by a lot of amazing people. And one of the people that I managed to meet and um, glean a lot from was uh, Graham. Graham was incredible, Graham Kendrick. And I kind of said to Graham, you know, how do you write all these amazing songs? And he was like, well, I'm up when everybody's asleep. And basically that was what he said. And I never, ever forgot wow. what he said. Crazy. I was like, awesome. like, like just crazy, like amazing stuff. And my whole thing is, look, the, the, the whole thing about us being creative is that we also have to just take a, a moment to listen to what's actually happening around us, you know, to be, uh, and I use this word nourished, to be nourished by the sounds and by the experiences and by, you know, the instruments and the love of other people around us. I mean, I'm in some great situations at the moment, which I'm, I'm finding extremely nourishing, you know? Um, just absolutely like, I don't know, I, just things that I could never do for myself, you know, working with you, Nick. That was incredible. <laughs> oh, mate. You, know, you, you and Marco, just being, being in the same space with you and Marco, it was just amazing. Yeah. And what people don't actually realise is that it's not us like going at it writing, it's us also talking together, sharing ideas. I've been with Lou Fellingham, yeah. um, and and um, it's the same thing. We spend kind of like, like maybe... 60% of the time talking and like 45% of the time writing. And um, as you can see, I added an extra 5%. But what I'm trying to say is that that's how, big, that's how big the merge is. The merge is, it's like, it's a crossfade. It's almost like you can't do that stuff without there being some kind of like, you know, real connection. You know what I mean? Um, I've got a chance to also play with some amazing people outside the church as well as inside the church. And, to work with them and and now I've got to that point where I'm kind of writing with them and doing other stuff and it's just like it's really like amazing man I just like I'm open now to just being blessed I don't know if you know what I'm trying to say yeah, no, to allowing allowing good things to happen yeah. and so good. like not trying to dictate what should happen but just to allow um the, 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 the guiding hand of God and the spirit just do its thing and allow me to experience. And some experiences are not good, but they're good for me. Yeah. You know, they help me to get to that next stage. So my encouragement to anyone, anyone who's in a creative position is that in order to be supremely creative, you must nourish yourself. You've got to fill yourself with goodness and you know obviously word prayer all of that stuff but also look at those other people who have done remarkable things or immeasurable things or be in groups of people who edify each other and edify what you do and the things that you like and then you just find that ideas and fire and you know, water and spirit and life start to just come into you. You know, it's, it's real good, you know? And I'm not caught up on styles or genres or 
the ages of people or whether they like simps or they play guitars. I don't care about none of that stuff. I just want to write great melodies with people. And I've learned how to let go, you know, to cast my bread on the water. Just like, you know, hey, that was great. Walk away, man. Leave it. Let it do its thing. And let's get back to it when we get back to it, you know, and not be anxious. So and just uh, just allow things to just blossom. You know what I'm saying? So good. Um, Nikki, that is an amazing word, actually. I just feel, I just love the, I love the fact you landed on that word blossom. And I really, I just feel that is such a prophetic word for people today. Like, let stuff grow. Let it happen. Just allow sometimes God to do the, do the work. I could certainly do with hearing that again. You know, I just think it's such a word. And thank it's been an honour having you here. You know, seriously. That's really funny. That's funny you saying that, like the most prolific writer in the UK. Oh my gosh, mate! You know, I, I don't, I don't think you've blossomed. I think you've like, like completely, like you know, like taken over the whole place. You know, like oh your plants gosh. are everywhere. Your plants are everywhere, Nick. Oh everywhere. mate, oh mate, everywhere, everywhere. Mate. Oh, thank you. You're so encouraging. And honestly, um, let's do this again. It'd be so fun, like Nikki. And honestly, I'm, I can't wait to write with you again. I know we're going to do it soon. So, mate, um, every wait. every blessing. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Um, God bless and see you soon. All right, take care. Great stuff. Well, next up we have songwriting tips with Nick Herb. So take it to the bridge. Thank you, Anna, and all you songwriters out there. Um, particularly, maybe if you're a bit newer to this, um, I've been working with loads of people on songwriting camps recently. And one of the things I've noticed um, is that people often don't think that much about maybe the end game. So what I want to say is remember the end game of songwriting, i.e. how are you going to present the song? Because that can really, really help you just take your songwriting to another level. An example is if you've been writing the song and say you've got your guitar, got a guitar here today and, you know, maybe because of the energy or whatever you're going on with the song, you're just strumming away loads. And when you play that and you sing that to someone, it doesn't always translate and get the song across in the best way. Sometimes that's the right thing to do. But start thinking about how are you going to actually wrap this song up and how are you going to present it? So, for instance, different ways of just creating space in a song or maybe even just like... But just starting to think, if I'm playing this to other people, how is it going to come across? Remember the end game. Go for it. Brilliant. Love that bridge. And we've reached the end of our episode for me. Just like that. It went by like a flash. We, what an episode. I mean, we had most of it did. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, onwards and upwards. Uh, We pray blessing on you uh, during this month, all who are listening. um, And uh, as ever, um, give us a rating, subscribe to us. um, And uh, we look forward to seeing, well, hearing you hearing us. uh, There we go. In June. And also just to say, we are going to be launching very soon uh, Worst Potential Academy, uh, which is going to be hopefully happening in different locations. But go to the website, worstpotential.org. If you are passionate about leading worship, you want to grow in your calling, you want to give a year to that, let us know. We can give you more details and have a chat and connect you in. Brilliant. See you later.